This episode of Solar Stories is produced by Mouth Media Network and presented by Solar. When I grew from like, you know, only had a thousand followers a year and a half ago, and today I have 160,000, um, obviously in a short span of time, you know, there was a lot of technical skill behind that. It wasn't literally, it wasn't just like I had good content because that's important, right. but I had the technical skill and I knew the things were behind the content that was pushing it, right? right. So there's a couple of strategies that I use, and I'll give away some Thank of those. Thank you. Yeah, these are the tricks of the trade. Yeah, so, so you guys that are listening, you're about to hear some, uh, <laughs> some, some cool tricks that I've used. Spider-Man, a bit of misfortune being bitten by a spider, gave him a future he could not have possibly imagined, casting a web of influence over many. Much like Spider-Man Trevor Bell, who works in fashion, fitness, nutrition, and motivation, has grown a role as an effective and active influencer with more than 170,000 Instagram followers. Coming up, how not making it into the NFL may have actually been good fortune, the moment Trevor turned his life's passion for athletics and fitness into a revenue stream, reverse engineering the success of other fitness influencers, how Trevor differentiates his content from the pack through a Spider-Man suit, and finally, an eye on the emerging social media platform, TikTok. I'm George Manley, and you can find Trevor on Instagram at Trevor Bell, spelled T-R-E-V-O-R-B-E-L-L, and his story on this episode of Solar Stories, the art and business of influence. Mr. Trevor Bell, welcome. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Solar Stories. Thank you for coming today. Of course. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being part of the solar family. And uh, let's jump right in. So Solar Stories is really two things. This is sort of an amenity to you, uh, a, another asset that we can provide you to sort of help with your uh, personal brand building. Mm -hmm. So the conversation is is absolutely going to be centered around what you would like to talk about. But it's also an opportunity to um, sort of provide our listeners with some sort of tri tricks of the trade, right? Yeah. Because the core audience of Solar Stories are not only people that are in the solar community, but um, sort of up and coming people that like are inspired to be influencers or inspired to build their own brands are, yeah. you know, and, and, and often they are listening because they want to know what can they be do differently to become Trevor Bell mm -hmm. or uh, their version of that, right? Mm -hmm. So why don't we start with your story? Um, why don't you uh, take us as far back as you'd like and tell us a little bit about where you came from and then how you got to where you are today? So my story is uh, a bit interesting. Um, so I started off essentially, I grew up in Texas, small town kid, literally from grew up where there's more cows and people like I live next door to just a farm and just a bunch of cows. Um, so <laughs> what, was, area, what area in Texas? Um, Finette, Texas is about an hour outside of Houston. Okay. North, um, South, East, West? South, I believe. South I mean, of get, Houston? I get kind of confused sometimes. Okay. <laughs> South. That's where he, Christopher grew up in, in Houston. Oh, really? Marsha. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you get it. You definitely get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, being raised there, um, I was kind of into sports my whole life. That was kind of what consumed my life for the most part. You know, I was huge about football. I actually had a huge passion for football growing up um, and had decent grades. So that allowed me to have some cool opportunities. Um, I had an opportunity to get a, to go play football at Columbia and run track. Um, so would you, what, uh, what'd you do in track? Uh, I did the 60 meters. So it was a sprinter and a jumper. Wow. 
um, and play football as well. But I will tell you that was the most difficult thing <laughs> I've ever done in my life. You had to do, you did both. I wanted to do both. I love, I love athletics, and I couldn't decide on you know which sport to commit to because you know most colleges they try to make you decide one or the other. Right. Um, and so that was one of my reasons for actually selecting Columbia because they offered me both. Um, cause I could have ran track, maybe possibly like UT or, you know, LSU, like a larger school. Whoa. Um, <laughs> sure, so you, yeah. you were legit. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty good. Um, but the problem was I wasn't getting the same kind of looks for football cause I was right. undersized, but I was getting looks for track. So I had to decide to myself, like, do I let go of football or do I stick with track and, you know, go to one of these bigger D1 schools? What and position s- in football? Are you a running back? I started off as a slot receiver and running back. Got so it. a bit of the both, um, but yeah, it was a tough decision for me. Um, you know, I talked over with my family, you know, obviously the appeal of Ivy League and how that can set you up in the long run with still the opportunity. You know, if I did want to pursue a career in the NFL, I could. There were guys coming out of Ivy League, although it wasn't very com- much as common mm-hmm. as like big D1 schools, obviously. So did that, took that opportunity. Um, and I'll tell you, the first two years, my grades were complete crap. Like, it was the hardest thing ever. The learning curve from going to real small rural town, Texas, to you know, a school or essentially everybody's coming out of like border, like, you know, these very private Dalton prestigious school. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I was over my head and being a two sport athlete, like practicing and, you know, devoting 40 plus hours a week. That was ridiculous. So <laughs> to say the least, uh, it lasted two years and then ended up sticking to football. Um, that was, that was, um, an amazing experience. I learned a lot, a lot about resilience to tell you that Columbia, you know, we struggled the first couple of years, but you know, we started getting together towards my senior year. So that was pretty exciting. Graduated 2016, decided to pursue a career in the NFL, um, <laughs> against all good advice from family and friends. Everybody was like, Trevor, what are you doing? Like you went to Columbia, you know, just get a good job, nine to five, you don't get concussions, et cetera. And I was like, you know what? Screw that. Like, Literally, like you only live, you only live once. Like you can only go to try something like that in a small window. You know, like you're just not gonna, I'm not gonna go back and try to right. NFL when I'm mm-hmm. 35. You have a window. You need to get it while you can. Exactly. And and so I was like, all right, let me just try for this now. I can always go to the corporate lifestyle and do the security thing. So I did that. Had some early success early on. You know, I had. What, some... what was your major? I'm sorry to interrupt. History. You. No, no, of okay. course. History, actually. So what did you want to do with that should you decide that you didn't want to be an athlete? Did you have a profession yeah, in I, mind? I had a, I had a plan. Um, I kind of want, wanted to go on finance, but that wasn't really so as much as what I wanted to personally do as opposed as what like I thought I should do because everybody and you know, all the athletes were like, okay, Trevor, this is what we do. We go get investment banking. You're already in New York. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, like half of my friends were all investment bankers. Morgan Stanley, six figures a year out of college. It was crazy. Like that was a standard. And uh you know, that was something that I thought was the, the move, you know, if I didn't make it. So that was my big minimum 350. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I was like. But like at the end of the day, like, you know, if anything, I can always like I said, I can always go back to that. I can always go back to that lifestyle, like go for this while you can. So I did that and um, I didn't I ended up making it. I didn't end up making it. Um, I had some early success early on, like I said, um, had some pretty good stats, you know, my 40 time four three nine. I had a 45-inch vertical. Like I was coming mm, out doing mm. really well, but with without the exposure on the tape, it, oh yeah, and being undersized, like you can't oh. have there's a little bit too many factors against you. Like, yeah. and and in order for me, and even and when you probably, got it, even when you got it, it still factors against exactly. you. Exactly, you can't so, really put the highlight reel together you need for the NFL coming out of Columbia. not a, not a Columbia. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. you're you know you're going you're playing against Princeton, right. you score touchdown. Okay, like what's that really mean? You know, what I'm and saying? also, like, I mean, a lot of times there's. 
like with the bigger, I remember my brother was co-captains with McNabb at Syracuse Mm -hmm. and with the bigger organizations, they actually have a production studio where they can help like, you know, it's almost like they're a business, you know, putting those tapes together for you because they want their alumni to go to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it was tough. I mean, um, Columbia, unfortunately, at the time, while I was there in early on, early years, like I didn't have necessarily that type of support system to to kind of like streamline that process. And so I found myself, you know, traveling a couple of hours, re- waking up really, really early, cra- traveling a couple hours to Jersey, um, you know, and attending private workouts with different coaches um, during the, my final semester at Columbia just to make it. And, uh, you know, it was a lot. It was a big sacrifice, but I think, you know, even though I didn't make it, um, overall, it was uh, it was a huge learning experience in terms of like, you know, at least I know. At least I know I tried as opposed to just going in and always regretting. That's the worst thing is like if I just went straight into corporate and always been thinking in the back of my mind like. Yeah, what could it have been? Yeah, could yeah. I have made it? Like, ah, oh, man, like, ah. Uh. And so um, that's – that's it, it, my brother had a similar struggle. It's, yeah. it's hard. I mean when it you is. have the – uh, I forget if he went to camp. Um, I know he considered the CFL wanted him, the Canadian yeah. Football League. Actually, had offers from the CFL. Yeah, and and I should correct the record. He played with McNabb, but McNabb was a senior when he was a, a red shirt. Mm-hmm. He was co-captains with Dwight Freeney, not with McNabb. Oh wow! But the um, uh, but he struggled with that too. And he oddly enough, he ended up in finance. Yeah, uh, he went to Columbia. Wow. Um. He well, I should say he got, he got his MBA at Columbia. Okay. His okay. undergraduate yeah, was at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, he de- he decided ultimately that he had had five surgeries in college: uh-huh. his thumb, his elbow, his shoulder, and his knee. And I think he just said, "You know what? I don't I don't know that I have the body for the next level because I don't want to end up crippled when I'm 60. That's something you have to consider too. Like, is the pay worth? You know, if, if you want to CFL, right? You know, the pay is not going to be as you know high as obviously right. NFL, but is that going to be worth those injuries? Right. You know what I'm saying. And, and the other side of it is he's he's now making a really good income in the finance world. You yeah. know, what is it now? Almost like 15 years out, mm. and a lot of his buddies that did go into the NFL, like David Bird and Kyle Johnson yep. and uh, Bullock. The rest of those guys like played for a few years. Some of them made the lead minimum, mm-hmm. got injured, or didn't didn't get re-signed, and now they're struggling to find a career. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely tough. I mean, not to mention the um, the, the way athletes are taxed. You know, every game, every place, every state they go, they're taxed at that rate, and it's 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 a big deal. Like if people don't, you know, they don't, they think they see these big checks like league minimum and stuff, but they don't realize that you know all how much they're actually getting taxed yeah. the whole time. Yeah, it's exactly. Crazy. Yep. Um, so it, it's not regular income tax. It's more than that. It's like getting yeah, a bonus it, or something. I believe. Um, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's like it's an athlete's tax. Just a little bit more because I remember I was working out for the Jets. I met with their finance department and they were trying to explain it and it was it come, it came down to like 40 50 percent minimum like Whoa. it was it was like it was pretty crazy numbers and i was like oh wait you're not coming out here making millions of dollars a year it's not even close no and yeah i mean overall the nfl actually doesn't pay like on the average does not pay nearly as much as like other the nba, the NBA or, or well they have so MLB. many players on each team and it's less pay per right. player 
So that's distribution right there as opposed and the guarantees are better in the NBA and stuff like that. So yep. it's just like you just And the ironic ironic thing is you get injured a whole lot more. You get damaged yeah, a whole lot more in the NFL. Forget just your body. Deal. And there's it's so much more revenue coming gone. into the league yeah. right. per game. Right. Overall, I think the NBA actually makes more money because they have so many more games. Right. But like those stadiums are huge. Huge. Yeah. Yep, I that's agree. right. Yeah, and I mean, as you know, now there's a lot of controversy around the NFL too with people of color. It's it's it gets. Um, oh yeah, well, I for 13 years I was in the same fantasy football league with my buddies, mm-hmm. and uh, I've always been. A, I grew up a Giants fan. Right. I grew up. I fell in love with the Giants when like LT and yeah, Carl Banks and love Phil LT. Sims and like uh, uh, Joe Morris and all those guys were were playing for them, and uh, you know they were winning Super Bowls. You know, it was like Phil Sims versus Joe Montana, you know, that kind of thing. Um, my cousin Dexter Manley was was uh, playing for the Redskins at the time. <laughs> See, subtle. you know, this is, subtle. This is the, that I'd be talking about. Oh, Did you just do yourself? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you do this every... Um, yeah, I always that, say that Dexter Manley was my cousin, but he was the brother from another mother with, with unfortunately, a drug habit, too. But, um, but uh, I quit that fantasy football league two years ago Mm -hmm. because I could not reconcile the differences I had with the NFL over three things, Mm -hmm. the concussion issue, which they failed to really do anything about. Yeah. Uh, the, what, how they treated Colin Kaepernick, right. For for literally just speaking out against injustice. It's not like he did anything else. Right. And he didn't do it in an inappropriate way, in my opinion. Yeah. And three, the fact that all of the fat white NFL owners, and they're all fat and white, <laughs> which and is a, which is a problem in itself, yes. are all Trump loving bastards, in right. my opinion. Right? You know, they're sort of feeding the beast of what, and this is again my the opinion. Beast. Yeah, yeah. The beast of what I consider to be sort of a a, a cancer in our country right mm-hmm. now. So anyway, what's your what's your feelings on that? So my feeling is like having friends in the NFL right now, you know, speaking to Colin Kaepernick and the issues that come up with people of color um, in terms of their protesting, peaceful protesting, um, you know, they are actually talking to some of the players. They, they feel like they have to keep their heads down. Right. They have to walk a, you know, a fine line. You know, and these are guys. This is their this has been their dream all the way from like two years old to now. And the fact that they have to be watch what they say, go They're being here. muzzled. Yeah. They feel like, it's they, like they're animals. Yeah. They literally feel like my, my friends are telling me like, bro, this is not the life that I thought it was going to be like, you know, having to answer to them and act certain ways and be told this is not what people make it to seem like. And so that, that that's really it. You know, it gets, it's just, it's just really complicated. Yeah. I mean, really I, it, it would not. And I know this is a horrible thing to say because there's millions of fans of the league across right, right. the world. But like, let me, let me it would not straight. bother me. I am me. a fan of the league. It's just I don't agree with all of the, their practices. Right. Like I said, Who's your team? Um, right now it's the Bears. I'm a bit of a – I follow players. Oh, so you're a fair weather fan? <laughs> <laughs> so I follow players, obviously. And so – Who's your players? Or who, uh, are, who are your favorites? Landry. I love um, – Landry Beckham um, are like top top right now for me and just seeing them like be a duo right now um with their quarterback they have right now it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty sick i mean you like, you like slot guys you're biased <laughs> I, I mean come on you knew me better <laughs> um cool so uh wh- what ended up happening after you decided you did not you were not going to become an nfl player right so after i decided that you know i wanted to move on um swallow my ego uh, firstly, and then decided to obviously pursue my backup plan, which was to get a job in finance. 
Um, come to find out, it's a lot harder once you've missed a certain window because there's hiring windows coming out of fresh school. out. Yeah, fresh out. There's hiring windows and They're cycles waiting. that you have to be in. And if you're not in that cycle, you have to wait till another year, right? Or you wait for the next class. And so you know, I can't sit around and wait a year while I'm in New York, you know, with rent the way it is. So I was struggling. Um, it was tough. You know, I remember you know I was sleeping. I got a sublet um, in New York for like four hundred dollars a month, sleeping what? on the floor of an inconver- converted kitchen on like a cot, right after I graduated Columbia. Still, that's a good deal. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Four hundred a month. Is yeah, like it was unheard like four, of. Four or five hundred a month. And so, um, and that's all I could afford. It was either that or go back to Texas. And like with me, it was like all the social pressures of like, it was a hard time in my life because like all my friends knew that I was trying to go to NFL. Um, and knew that, you know, they tried to tell me, Trevor, you should get a job. And I said, no, pursue what I thought I wanted to do. And then to like, try to pursue your backup plan and, and not have any options left. And then having to go to that apartment. Like I felt like I just felt so low, you know? And it was like decision between like, do I stay and try to make it in New York or do I just tuck my, you know, go home with my tail between my legs and just say like, I did my best I could, et cetera. So that was a really tough time for me. And that was a summer right after I graduated. Um, and so it was tough. It was tough. But I remember one time, it got so tough. To my mom called me. She was like, Trevor, all right, you guys got to come home or get a job, figure it out. And I was like a month after I graduated. And so I remember that day, what I did was put on my suit and I was like, screw what this. What suit? <laughs> so yeah, I had. Because that hasn't been introduced yet on right. this episode. Right, right, right. So I, I put on. I don't know what you mean by that, actually. No, I, are you talking about your Spider Man suit? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So I put on. My formal suit, not my <laughs> Spider-Man suit. Got it. We'll explain that later, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, and and grabbed my resume, went downtown, thinking to myself, like, I have to get a job. You know, I went to Columbia. Like, this shouldn't be too hard. Like, it shouldn't be that difficult. So I went down. To you were an athlete, an academic athlete. Correct. Like, and that's, I was yeah. like, why am I? Why that's an elite difficult? group. Yeah, I'm like, this is ridiculous. And so went downtown to Wall Street, grabbed my resume. And my thing was, I was going to march down there, go to some bar, say, hey, you know, I went to Columbia fine gentleman here, you know, how about a job, you know, and pass my resume over. Um, long story short, I went to a bar, sat there, looked at all these guys walking around, all these, you know, Wall Street guys in their nice tailored suits and pretty much chickened out. I was like, I cannot do this. <laughs> I cannot do this. I feel embarrassed, you know, because at the time you got to imagine all the social pressure. I'm like, you know, my friends are to think I'm crap. Like my mom's like telling me I got to go home. Here I am trying to beg for a job. From a guy, you know, that I don't even know. And so it was tough. And He's got so, a lot of grease in his hair. Exactly. <laughs> With his rolly on, yeah. looking real fresh. And so I, I ended up leaving the bar. And outside of the bar, I noticed um, it was like, I think it was like a Ferrari convertible. Jesus. And yeah, it was ridiculous. And I was like, that's fire. And I, what I decided was, what if I take my resume and try to float it in the car? And I... I don't know. Don't I can't. I couldn't tell you why I thought this would be a great idea. But at the time, it seemed like you know that whatever. Like idea. if somebody like see you go come sees a resume in a car, and if I happen to find out that it's actually legit, maybe I'll have a chance. You know, doesn't matter where they work. I'll figure it That's out. That's a great idea. So I did it. So I I grabbed my resume, tried to float it um, in the car because it's a convertible, and I laid it out softly 
Um, and as soon as it touched the seat, don't tell me the car alarm. Went I swear to you, are you serious? Alarm, on a piece of paper? Exactly. The car Damn, alarm that went thing off. Is sensitive. And it, might, it must have been like either there's a sensor or something yeah, around. Oh, it could be a motion detector. Yeah, it must have been a motion detector. <laughs> it's a convertible. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so it went off, and I'm like freaking out because you're like, this we're in public space. I look around. I'm like, I'm a black guy. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm in a suit or not. Like, I'm looking around, kind of sketch. Like, what's going on? And so I look around real quick. People start looking and kind of like wondering what's going on. And so I kind of start speed walking around the corner and duck around the nearest corner um and this is a true story as soon as i get to the subway to head back to my little apartment which is really crappy <laughs> i get a call and uh i answer it and i'm like hello it's like the guy goes is this trevor i'm like uh yes he's like i see you uh drop my resume in in my car here are you looking for a job i was like uh you know i'm nervous at this point because i don't know what's going on i'm like yeah yes yes i'm looking for a job um, he's like, how about this? You come back to the car and I'll interview you on the spot and uh, we'll go from there. And I was like, sure. Yeah, sure thing. Hung up the phone. And then I started walking over there. I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, this is literally a movie. Like nothing like this happens in real life. You <laughs> no, know what I'm saying? Like not. the odds of such all a these. Good story. Yeah, the odds of all these things happening like they were. I was like, this is it. Because like some things are so coincidental. You're like, oh, this is magic. This is the universe. So I'm walking back. I, du- I turn back around that corner, but be- peek around the corner, actually. And I see a guy, and come to find out, he's actually a black guy in a suit. And around him are like six or seven white guys in suits, and they're all like talking, chatting, they're all like hanging out. So I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a little bit of a scene, right? But this is what I wanted. I got this. Like, let's do it. So I walk over there in the middle, and before I get to the circle of guys, the black guy noticed me. He's like, "You must be Trevor." And I'm like, "Yep, that's me." And uh, so I walk over. He's like, "Come on in." And so I come in there. Um, and he's talking, he has his re- my resume in his hand. Oh my God, <laughs> and so is... I'm standing there in the scene. Here's a scene. I'm standing there. He has his resume in his hand, leaning against his car. There's a circle of people around me. Um, they start pulling out their phones. Um, I guess they're recording me. Like, I guess, I don't know why. I guess they, they thought it was like, oh, it's going to be cool, entertaining. Like some guy leaves an interview, get interviewed randomly. And Were you so, in front of the car as well? I was, yeah, I was on the side. I was in a circle with the guy. And then all these people I'm just picturing me. this scene. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy. And I'm <laughs> And so I'm with this guy, and I'm like, he's like, okay, so um, where'd you go to school? Okay, good, good. And I was like, yeah, Columbia. I went to Columbia. Um, and by the time I start kind of trembling a little bit, because I'm trying to like keep it together, but everything is just so weird how yeah, it's yeah. happening. And yeah, so it's I'm like kinda, surreal. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. I'm, my voice is a little shaky. He asked me to tell him about what I do, so I went through my whole line of what I do. And he's like, okay, do you have any experience? And I was like, oh, yeah, a little bit. Um. I worked, uh, talked about some internships, and I was quivering. My voice was quivering. He's like, all right, stop right there. Your delivery sucks. He straight up, straight up said that. He's like, your delivery sucks. And then you can see everybody around them putting their phones away like, oh, I thought that was going to be a lot better than this. And so they, that that went away. And he's like, your delivery sucks, but let me tell you one thing. I I appreciate the initiative that you took to do this, and it takes a lot of guts to do something like this. So how about this? You meet me at – you gave me an address. I think it was like nearby. Meet me at the office, blah, 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 here – um tomorrow morning at 7 a.m and um i'll fill you in and we'll get started and i was like what get started doing what <laughs> exactly that's that comes later i didn't I, I didn't ask any questions I was like sure thing yep i'll be here tomorrow morning and so i'm going back to subway giddy like wow this just worked i oh, almost wait. screwed it up but it still worked and come to find then i was thinking to myself like wait, wait wait i don't even know what i'm doing i don't know how to dress i don't know what i'm doing like I don't know what this guy does for a living. I didn't ask any questions. Um, yeah, he could have been the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> that's funny you say that. So I, you know, long story short, the next day I showed up, 7 a.m. sharp, just like he said, 
walked in, met him at the office, and I'm I, when I walk in the office, it's a huge trading floor, and he's there. He meets me, and I'm looking around like everybody has these nice desks. I'm like, this literally looks like a scene off of Wolf of Wall Street. There's like clocks all on one side of the wall, all different countries. It's like a huge, like a huge trading floor. Um, and Wait, so, did you recognize on the way in what bank it was, or uh, or what? Let me think. Oh man, I wish I could remember. I can't even remember the name. Um, but it was a it was a loan shark company. Come to find out. And I didn't find that out until they gave me a big manual, all these people. And all these people on the trading floor were actually just calling small business owners to convince them to take out loans with super high interest rates. Oh, my God. And so, you know, once I found that out, I was like, you know what? I don't think it's for me. You know, I got to go. And I I couldn't tell you how hard. All in the same day? All in the same day. And what did he say? What did the guy say? He was like, are you sure? Like, you know, just give it a try. Like, this is, you know, I'm sure with your kind of um, initiative that you take that you, you know, you get the right guy for this job. I mean, you know, after all, you dropped your mes- resume in. Yeah, so he yeah. Like, he's like, like, I'm sorry. You're pretty ballsy, yeah. so yeah. I think you'll cut out for this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, he thought I was good. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, like, I'm I, sorry. I don't you don't him. want a job? I'm not good enough for you? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was the kind of the tone. And then, I, you know, the real reason I left. <laughs> I mean, he went through all that just to be like, I was just kidding. I was just bullshitting. I, was just bullshitting. I wasn't that serious. No, I'm sorry. What I, I meant is I want a good job. Right, right, right. You can take that. your I'm Ferrari and hit the road, exactly. buddy. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah. It definitely makes sense. But, you know, growing up, you know, like I said, I was from a small town. My parents actually owned a restaurant, like a small, small restaurant. And I actually worked out of that restaurant growing up. And so, you know, relating to small business owner, like my parents were literally small business owners. I could not... I couldn't get over that morality, right? Like, yeah. I can't, I can't do that to people, man. Like that, that just didn't feel right. And I was like, either do that to people or like swallow me, go and go home. I was like, you know, I'll just swallow me right, and go right. home. Well, I, I'm glad to hear you say that because uh, that's the kind of person that, you know, I assumed you were a person with a good moral compass. Um, and uh, I think it shows in the other work that you're pursuing, you know, both sort of developing your own private brand yeah. and, um, let's take a break, but yeah. when we get back, I'd like to learn more about sort of where you ended up going from there. Right. And then, um, having got to that place and also where you want to go. Yeah. Um, and maybe with some tricks of the trade along the way. Yeah. To learn more about solar and to hear more solar stories, visit solar.com or visit our Instagram channel, solar.hq. So, welcome back. So, continue with that story. I'm really curious. That was an amazing story, by the way. I'm really curious sort of where you went from there and and um, maybe with a little bit more pace, how you ended up getting to where, where yeah. you are now and what you're doing with that. Of course, yeah. So... Long story short, I ended up finding a job, um, and it was through a Columbia alum, athlete, um, Matt Waldman. If you listen to this, shout out to you. I appreciate you very much. And Ken Catandella. You guys are the best. Um, Definitely so, share the episode with both of them. For sure. For sure. Um, so they ended up helping me get into a job, and it was in financial services, uh, which is good. It was, wasn't... I don't want to say it wasn't the best, but I didn't like it the most. It wasn't necessarily right for me. It was um, financial planning, more or less. And I did that for about a year, 
And after about, I think, six months in, I was like, man, I miss competing. Like, this doesn't feel right. Like, how did I go from, like, training my whole life for, like, sports and, and want to entertain and, and be in that kind of environment to, like, sitting in a corporate job, waking up every day and being like. And that's also the most, like, mind-numbing part of yeah, finance, I think, is, I the, is, the, is the, like – Family planning relationship side of things. Yeah, and I, I was I was the only for anyone I was the only black guy in the office, <laughs> and it was just I was in operations. And it was very very, um, like the same old same old every single day. Um, and so that's when I turned to Instagram as a sort of an outlet. Um, you know, I cause I seen I think it was one article that I seen that really made me do it, and it was uh, I can't remember the I think it was like business insider or something where they had a list of the top 25 influencers in fitness and how much they were bringing in a year strictly through Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it was seven figures. And I was like, wait, 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 you're telling me this guy. And I was like looking at some like a couple of random guys, just a couple shirtless photos on Instagram are may are bringing in north of a million dollars a year. Well, to clarify though, it's not, it's not Instagram paying the money. It's Correct. opportunities they generate exactly. from having a big following. Correct. Right. Okay. Correct. Got it. And Correct. building exactly. good content. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I can get into that too. And they had all these different revenue streams they, that I kind of later learned, but you know, that kind of like shocked me. I was like, cause I thought I was just as athletic or just as talented as a lot of these guys. And I'm like, well, why don't I just give it a stab? And so I continue to work and then build my brand while I was working. So I was working nine to five in finance, showing up every day. And I remember <laughs> after work, um, going to the gym, creating content, recording myself at the gym, being like, all right, day one, getting back into it. All right, day two, getting back into it. Um, you know, started doing a little bit of modeling stuff, like, um, you know, trying to just with a tripod and my phone. That's all I had when I first started. Um, and that how'd was, you, how'd you teach yourself to build compelling content? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point too. I think with me, it was, I just tried. I just gave it a shot. You know, I had list, I started listening to a couple of podcasts and uh, specifically Gary Vee. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, Tim Ferriss, uh, yep. Tony Robbins, these yep. kind of guys, and and you know you listen to those kind of guys. You like, name the you name the trifecta right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of personal personal motivation. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean I was combining that with looking at some of these influencers that I've seen, and I was what I was trying to do. I was trying to reverse engineer what they have done. Right. So that's how I figured out what to post. You know, I t you can just take a look at, you know, some of these guys that are having a million followers, have, have all these businesses that are running their own apparel lines, all that stuff, and look at their page. And I really would scroll all the way to the bottom, research them, and figure out, okay, where'd you start from? And I found to find out a lot of these guys had similar stories to me, worked in corporate, didn't like it, or their former athlete didn't like, you know, didn't make it. And then they use social media as a way to pick themselves up. So I literally did that. Um, step for step. Um, and so that worked for a little bit. Got like 10,000 followers and I, while I was working and people started saying, hey, here's a free hat. Here's a free shirt. And I was like, oh, free stuff from Instagram. We're almost to celebrity status. Like I thought Again, I was not win. from Instagram, from the brands so, that work with correct, Instagram. Correct. Correct. <laughs> correct. From the I brands. want to make sure I highlight that Instagram actually does very little for uh, individuals. That's, that's a good It's a point. platform. Yeah. Because yeah. YouTube, on the other hand, yep. actually does pay right. influencers directly. Right. Um, and other uh, social media platforms as well. Right. Um, Instagram is one of the few that don't. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I, you know, basically what I was going back to what I was saying is I was reverse engineering a lot of these guys, build a following up 10,000 followers, et cetera. And they kind of got a little stagnant at that point. So now you got to swipe up to buy too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. At 10,000 followers, you got to swipe up on stories. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was getting free stuff. Cool. And then I thought to myself, like, how do I think this is next level? Like what's going to differentiate me from all the other fitness influencers? As you know, social media in general, specifically Instagram, is saturated with everybody claiming to be a fitness influencer. Right. So I thought to myself, like, all right, so how can I step? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. And uh, so I thought to myself, how can I separate myself? And so this is when the Spider-Man concept first came into mind. You know, I was thinking to myself, like, what if I don't know why this pop I think I just watched Spider-Man or something. And I was like, what if I got a realistic suit? And, you know, I'm a generally fit guy. So got a suit and I'm in New York. Why not like go try to take some cool like pictures and see, you know, what happens? And so I'm researching and I found this suit that was I swear it was like the best suit I've ever, ever seen. And I was like 800 bucks. And at the time, it's like spending $800 on a suit to do cool stuff for social media. It didn't seem like a great idea. And all my <laughs> friends were like, bro, why would you spend 800 bucks on a Spider-Man suit? Right, right. And so I was like, screw it. Like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Like, that's that seems to be kind of like an ongoing characteristic that I've been having. Is right. like, screw it. Like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Right. Like, Got to take a risk. Exactly. So just took a risk and 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 got the suit got in the mail and i put it on i was like oh man this is this is legit like this is a great suit like i love this and so um i started just creating content in it and i started doing everything as spider-man as spider-man as spider-man yeah and then combining that with my already my fitness things that i've been doing and that really took me to the next level you know from 10k you know now i have this cosplay community and for you don't know cosplay it's when people dress up as Characters, Marvel characters, Marvel yeah. characters DC yeah. characters, superheroes, or any other movie or comic fan, uh, character. Um, so did you and, – and I asked this for two reasons. Yeah. One, because I want to know if you did it. And also, I uh, – when we posted uh, some of your pictures recently on, on uh, Solar's Instagram, mm-hmm. we hashtag Spider-Man. Yeah. So did you do that in the beginning so that you sort yeah. of put yourself out there exactly. as being part of that community, exactly. which then drew in those uh, exactly. people that are that wanted to follow you? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Hashtagging was a, was, a, was a big part of it. Um, and so that ultimately takes to the next level. And just to kind of wind back a little bit, when I say like when I grew from like, you know, only had a thousand followers a year and a half ago and today I have 160,000. Um, obviously in a short span of time, um, you know, there was a lot of technical skill behind that. It wasn't literally, it wasn't just like I had good content cause that's important, right. but I had the technical skill that I knew the things were behind the content that was pushing it. Right. right. So it was a couple of strategies that I use and I'll give away some Thank of Thank you. Yeah. These are the tricks of the trade. That yeah. Are so so you guys that are listening, you're about to hear some, <laughs> uh, some, some cool tricks that I've used. So just starting off, obviously, everybody knows that hashtags is huge, right? A lot of people don't know that the max amount of hashtags you can have per post is 30. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you, even if it is 30, I try to keep it around 26 or lower. Mm-hmm. Just be sure because sometimes if you do 30, Instagram will flag it as, you know, kind of spam. Max it out. Leave yeah. it all. Leave your whole caption. Um, so that was one thing that I was doing pretty consistently. And I had a few apps that I used for that as um, as well, and I'll mention those now. So I use one app called Focalmark, F-O-C-A-L-M-A-R-K, that generates hashtags based on um, categories. Mm-hmm. And another app called Leetags, L-E-E-T-A-G-S, that also generates um, hashtags based on um, interest. You can literally just type in Spider-Man, and it'll give you all the top trending hashtags. Yep. So um, those two helped a lot. Um, but I found the thing that helped me the most that a ton of people do not do is actually um, tagging in the picture. So a big strategy that I used um, was, you know, as I said, I would go to these large influencers and figure out, try to reverse engineer. So when I click it on their pictures, I would notice that they'd have all these people tagged and it'd just be them. And then I looked at the pages they were tagging and I noticed they were tagging feature pages. I noticed they were tagging pages that just share 
you know, highlight random accounts that happen to be in a certain category. In this well, case, they or the bots they hire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that too. That too. And, and, and it was in fitness. And I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. Like That wow. is definitely a strategy in itself. Yeah. Is following and unfollowing relevant content. Right, right. That is, I'm learning a lot of people do that. I don't, I don't really trust that because I don't think it creates an authentic. It's true. Um, but it does, it does draw those people to you for a period of time. And some of them stick around. It does. It yeah. does. I mean, um, you got to get your name out there, it's right? It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um. Um, but you know, having, I actually did try that for a bit, um, for a small period and realized like one, it took too long Two, it was, didn't feel, yeah, I know it is time it consuming. Yeah. It, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel authentic to me. Um, but when I started tagging pages and researching pages by going on people's Instagram accounts and seeing what pages they were tagging, mm-hmm. I started developing this big list of pages. And then, you know, some of these pages have a hundred thousand, 150,000 followers. And I started to get reposted by them a lot. And once one page gets you and another page sees another feature pages follow them, it's kind of like a wildfire. Mm-hmm. And so if you can imagine if you hashtagging every photo that you post and then also tagging in the picture every photo, mm-hmm. which for you guys that don't know technically wise, the max you can tag, I think it's 20 mm-hmm. in an actual photo. I don't recommend that. I usually stick around 10. Like mm-hmm. I said, you don't want to be pushing Instagram's limits. Um, and so that post and posting every single day for about six months. And I went up from, you know, 10,000 to 40, 50,000 followers um, just from getting tagged. And uh, that worked really, really well, along with obviously having really good content, thinking outside the box, always trying new for things. Um, so that's really kind of what got me there. And that's your spidey sense. That's my spidey <laughs> senses. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, it was kind of wild from there. You know, um, yeah, just just thinking back, man, like. You know, going from zero to a hundred thousand or one thousand to a hundred thousand followers less than a year, it was pretty crazy. And I would say, you know, I owe a lot to video content as well. Yeah, um, I had a ton of videos go viral, featured on Complex, um, The Root, which is a really famous um, black black owned magazine. Absolutely, Essence. yeah. Um, a ton of like celebrities were sharing, reposting my stuff, and so once you kind of get virality in that regard, um, it kind of was. Well, I think the the nugget in that that that. Uh, I don't want to overlook, um, which I say all the time in this, uh, in this podcast is that you post it every day. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize how much of a hustle it is to be an influencer of, uh, of a serious audience following. Um, you have to create content on a regular basis and you have to actively post it Mm and And engage with it and engage with it. It's essentially, you can't just get the, can't even think of it. I always, tell people this so like you can't think of it as building a following you have to think of it as building a community right so when when people comment on your post engaging with them as if they're part of a community right like i appreciate that thanks so much all by the way uh that last post you posted fantastic i was literally answering every dm and responding to every comment all the, until i got to like fifty thousand followers every single one people thought i mean you probably thought i was crazy i was responding like 200 messages a day um, and I was doing that consistently. Jeez. Now I, it's like so that. I mean, you that, you could almost spend your whole day doing that. Yeah, I mean, like on and off, like you know, here here and there. So I mean, it's a commitment. It's definitely so. A commitment. Um, let's take a break, and when we come back, I'd like to know a little bit about as you were scaling that audience, yeah. what opportunities came uh, came to your yeah. doorstep. So welcome back. So uh, where we left off, um, you were going to take us through what opportunities came to your doorstep as yeah. this audience was scaling. Mm-hmm. So um, I think you got a story to tell. Yeah. So and this is actually while I was working my job, you know, a month before I quit, I actually got, you know, 
an offer from a TV show. Um, you know, somebody sent it through me through through Instagram was like, hey, Trevor, um, they're casting for this TV show. It's like called a million dollar mile LeBron James executive producer. And they're looking for athletic guys with with cool stories like yours. I think, you know, think you'd be a good fit for it. And I was like, hmm. By the way, that person's name is Clarissa. So you're listening to this, too. Thank you for that. She will. We're going to send it to her. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I looked at I looked at this opportunity. I'll do submit a video. And I was like, yeah, sure thing. Like I submitted the video. Sent it to them. Found out a week later that, that you know they were like, you know, we really liked your content. Um, we really liked your video. We love your story. We love what you're doing with Spider Man and how it, this fitness superhero concept is really playing out. And uh, we'd like to have you in for um, you know, a couple more interviews. And then I thought to myself, like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. And so, long story short, I ended up getting on the show, and that was probably one of the biggest opportunities that made me realize like, okay, this Instagram thing is starting to become bigger than I thought it was Mm -hmm. because at the same time I was getting big contracts. Like for example, bang energy was another company that reached out to me. They was trying to pay me $1,200 per video for a six month contract. Wow. Right. So, and you could post as often as you wanted. Uh, well, no, it was two videos a month for for three months. Got it. And so that was a contract that reached out to me. So guaranteed. And I was getting other deals, you know, Across the board, minimum deal is getting five hundred a post, five hundred to wear a hat in a picture, you know, a thousand dollars to dance with like something. I'm like, it was getting like to that pretty consistently, and yeah. I was thinking to myself like, oh, okay, like this is pretty crazy. Like maybe I can make this transition, and so that show ultimately is what allowed me to say, you know what, maybe it's time to make that transition because, because in finance you can't really miss too many days, and no. for that show I had to go to L.A. for you know a week for training and tryouts and filming, and so. Not too long ago, I ended up quitting my job and decided, hey, you know what? This is me taking a risk on myself again. Amazing. Yeah. So this past weekend, it actually aired. Um, and so I was on the show. Is it something that we can see like on demand or something? Yeah. So so the show is called Million Dollar Mile. Yeah. Um, it's it, The executive producer is LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Super dope. Um, Tim Tebow is actually the host. Um, and it, it was crazy. So um, it's a Christian show. <laughs> <laughs> you would think so. Um, so it was it was crazy. I had the opportunity to go on the show. Um, as one of the contestants, and it, it aired. I mean, this past Saturday. Um, but where can where can where can we see it? CBS. Okay, CBS. so CBS on demand. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, cool. So it was pretty crazy. Um, you know, I had a chance to win a million dollars on the show, and all I had to do, well, all I had to do wasn't very easy. Um, and it, it was pretty crazy. I uh, the concept of the show, and I'll try to explain a little bit, is that there's these obstacles, and it's kind of like, uh, who wants or uh, who wants to be a millionaire? combined with American Ninja Warrior, right? So every obstacle that I complete um, successfully, I win a certain amount of money. He's showing the preview of it right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so that's what I was doing. Uh, And so I ended up doing really well in the show. You know, I ended up winning the most money on my episode. No way. I won $50,000, actually. Wow. Yeah, it was was pretty crazy. And I was competing against um, some really, really high caliber athletes that were made for that specific little course that I was on, but it was basically like American Ninja Warrior style obstacles and I'm sprinting through downtown LA. <laughs> like, that it, sounds it, fun. Yeah, it was actually crazy. It was the craziest experience I ever had. Um but yeah, think about it just just social media. Literally I would not have had the opportunity if it wasn't just social media. Right. It's crazy Absolutely. Those well I mean again that's that's proves that why hard work and consistency mm-hmm. and an ambition to do something like yep. that can generate opportunity if you keep going at right. it. Right. So where do you want to take <clears throat> it from here? So if I had to think of, you know, where I saw myself or kind of where I want to take it, the the person 
that I could say is the closest representing what I want to do is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, from a social media standpoint, from an acting standpoint, from how he carries himself to his business, um, I'd want to do all of that and better. Why and better, say better. Or how better? Because at the same time, like you know, while it's good to have people you look up to, you know, I think it's always important to have higher expectations like you look at people for guidance but then you have your own you have your own high expectations or you have your own expectations yeah but i'm saying what about what he does do you feel you would elevate in your version of that yeah so i think because it sounds like if the rock asked you uh if you wanted to work with him you would treat him like the ferrari guy and you'd work for a day and then you'd say say, this (laughs) isn't for me you're not at my level (laughs) (laughs) no 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 When 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 i say when i say better i mean because the, the Rock, I mean, he's he's doing great right now, but I, I would really want to kind of hone in on the acting a little bit more than I think he has. I think he's I think he's doing a great job, but I like, you know, I would want to have rather than being sort of like a typecasted muscle man. That exactly, kind of yeah. exactly my point. You know, I'd really want to be be able to play superheroes and be able to like act, you know, in different type of roles and things like that, and also have this huge social media following as well. That's that our brand. I shouldn't even say social media following brand in general as well. So, so ask for the audition, ask yeah. for it into the mic, <laughs> because we'll we'll do our best to promote this. You'll do your best to promote from this Dwayne? from anybody. Okay, Where do you want to work? It. You want to become the next Spider Man? Ask it. for it. So if Marvel is listening right now, which I know you are, um, I am a hundred percent interested. And being the Miles Morales in the new live action movie, if possible, awesome. <laughs> so, or any other. I'm not open to any other character. Any other character you want? You think that I'd be suited for? You know, I know you guys. I know you guys knows what's best. So <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm throwing my hat out there. Trevor Bell is throwing his hat out there officially. So, um, well, I think there's going to be dozens of more Marvel movies. Yeah, they're, they're just releasing so. They're much doing, more. and they're also doing such a good job. Oh, they're doing it's amazing with their content. Have you seen Endgame? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it was really entertaining and right. also the most successful movie of all time. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Um, anything else you would like to say or tell us? I was gonna say, uh, you know, for people for influencers that are listening to this, I just want to give like tidbits of advice, um, the best that I can give, um, and that's is you know like a lot of people are focusing on Instagram right now, but I think it's really really important to be diversified, not only from a social media standpoint, but in real life as well, having a network in real life, you know, like we're doing this podcast face to face you know that's important um and so I, I encourage you know influencers you know from a social media standpoint to try different platforms right there's a ton of platforms outside of instagram that are growing rapid um and one of those is tiktok tiktok is you the fastest yesterday is the fastest growing social media platform of 2018 and it's kind of i feel like it's still going unnoticed it is it is but it's it's uh it's very relevant for what's missing in places like Instagram right now. Yeah. Um, it's like the modern vine. Right. Essentially. Exactly. And I also think, though, that we are – there There are Instagrams and TikToks that haven't even come out yet. That's that, right. w- yeah. that are literally going to be dominating our conversation right. in five years. Yep. Be ready. And so, and so my advice, it. which is complementing your advice mm-hmm. – to anyone listening who's an up-and-coming influencer is don't rely on one platform, Correct. to your point. Correct. And and have a diversified network of people in yep. your life who have different talents that can help you. And perspectives. Mm, that's right. Yes, very true. Exactly right. Because true. as technology has always done, it changes. Right. Mm-hmm. And have we not said this before? We remember when pagers came out. We right. thought the whole world has changed. That's right. <laughs> 
that always happens. Yeah. So mm-hmm. be ready for the fact that change is inevitable. Yeah. In all, in essence, like yeah. be ready for that. And you're right. You can't be tied down to the earth to one thing because mm-hmm. you'll stunt yourself. Yep. That's right. So I don't like to say one more thing too. Sure. Is, and the reason I stress TikTok specifically is because talking from experience, I started TikTok a month a month ago. I had zero followers, nothing. And given I already had someone following on Instagram, 100, 100 and some thousand on Instagram. Do they give the ability to bring your audience over? You know no. how sometimes on mobile phone you can get all your contacts to like. Unfortunately, unfortunately not. Okay. Unfortunately not. I will say they reached out to me though, you know, while I was still growing my Instagram and I ignored it because at the time it was still called Musically and it wasn't very popping. Right. It wasn't very popular. Right. Um, That's but- how we feel at Solar right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're also going to be one of those platforms you remember right. in five years and you're going to be one of our early adopters because you're smart. Right. I appreciate that. Um, but I want to say, you know, I made a TikTok a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to say like I grew from zero to today about 400,000 followers. Wait, what? Zero. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm saying this is a big deal. But, 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 but wait. Who, I, I know that TikTok is a, is a Chinese platform, right? Yeah. So – like, are you getting international people? Like, how did how, where'd that number come exactly. from? Exactly. Okay. It's 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 because with all new platforms, if you're one of the early comers, and if also you already have, um, how do I say this? You already have like a, some kind of a following other platforms, mm-hmm. so you have like legitimate content. Right. It it does. 10x on that new platform because they're starving for the, all of the best content, right? And they're and they're pushing it. it so, for example, this is a good way to explain it. Along in 2012, Instagram, you know, people that started Instagram in 2012 right now have millions of followers, right? Right, because they they were getting all this organic reach. Same thing with YouTubers that started early, exactly. On, like Jackie Ana. Yeah. So the same thing is happening to TikTok. The same thing happened to Instagram in 2012. It's happening to TikTok in 2019, and the people that are taking advantage of that are growing like rapid fire, mm-hmm. right? So all of the video, I could post the same video on Instagram and then the TikTok right now, and on TikTok it'll get a million views. I can show you videos that have gotten millions of views on my TikTok. That's unbelievable. I grew from zero to four hundred thousand, and I'm getting checks already from TikTok. They pay you. TikTok, so TikTok, yes, TikTok has actually offered to pay me for things. Yeah, and send me How do gear they pay directly. You for what? For like, um, I literally got the email two days ago, so yeah. I am still kind of new to what yeah. they're trying to offer me. Well, then we need to have a, a follow up episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, for sure. I mean, and um, I'm already getting brand deals. That's amazing. A month, I started posting content a month ago. People are trying to pay me like significant amounts of money on TikTok already. Well done, man. And I'm just like. Man, and and I say I don't say that to brag. I say that the takeaway is like when new social media platforms come out, jump on them right. and attack it with content. Assuming it's on brand for you. Assuming it's yeah. on brand. Yeah. Assuming it's on brand. Yeah. Like solar is forever. Gary V has a TikTok. Yeah. And he's arguably probably not on brand for like a teenage platform. Right. It's, it's it's getting more diverse now. Right. You know, people our age just start actually getting on TikTok, which is weird right. to me. But well, I mean, Facebook used to be a teenage site, and now it's a it's a, a site for baby boomers, That's in true. my opinion. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I have videos on there with 20 million views. That's unbelievable. And it's actually ridiculous. Like, it's, it's crazy. crazy. So, Trevor, uh, where can people find you? So, you can find me um, on Instagram, at Trevor Bell. No spaces, none of that. Just Trevor Bell straight. Um, Twitter, at Trevor Bell underscore. TikTok, at Trevor Bell underscore. Um, and Facebook, at the Trevor Bell. Uh, I'm still working on getting the synonymous, <laughs> getting the names across the board, but uh, hopefully you guys that's, get That's true of most people. Yeah. Even big people like yourself. Well, thank you again for coming in today. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you again. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. 
That's it for Solar Stories. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back next time for another great guest and another great story on the art and business of influence. I'm George Manley. This is where the story starts. We can't wait to hear yours. Solar Stories is presented by Solar Inc. You can find more about solar at solar.com. Copyright 2019, Solar Inc., all rights reserved. Thank you for listening.